See, it's funny because I didn't hit the record button when I said Booyashaka. Um, but now you said it, so our listeners know. Listeners. Listeners. Um, Damn, Campbell. We haven't even started drinking yet. I know. And you've already <laughs> cut yourself. Yep. Almost lost your cat. Mm-hmm. Technical difficulties. Yep. And missing ingredients. So, scoreboard. This is a fantastic way, I think, to start off season two. Because it's like we're getting all the, the issues out early. Mm-hmm, the second time. Yeah. It's still the beginning of season two. We're still reestablishing ourselves. Yeah, I guess that's be. true. And I guess Welcome for me, that's a hot mess. So, which I don't think is really reestablishing. I think it's continuing, but, you know. Reaffirming. Reaffirming. Welcome back to Boosicles. What's up? How are you doing today, Rita? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm doing pretty good, Campbell. How are you feeling? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm loving. I'm loving the wave, the curl. You got a. Oh, you got a. Um, a perfect quaff. So uh, you have a, a fantastic Today was just just a condition day because I take care of my hair. Love that for you. Love that for you. I'm about to have a wash day for my braids, and I'm really excited. Oh, that's gonna. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be great. Just gonna like scalp massage. Get all that, get all that in. It's gonna feel great. I'm excited. Yeah. But we're back, back, back again, mm-hmm. again, and we're gonna start off this episode with our new segment called Raven. It's what is it? So we are moving on to a new segment called Shataki terminology. Um, Shot talky. Shot, yeah. Shot, shot talky. Shot talky. Terminology. Terminology. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely better than mine last week. I disagreed. I think mine is a random conglomeration of ideas, and I think yours was That's why I like focused. it. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so. Lay it on me. What is our term of the day? Okay. Um, so, well, I'm taking a shot of absolute pepper vodka. Which is pepper. a pepper flavored. Well, it's P E P P A R. So I think it's. I think the name is oh. pepper. I think, uh, or pepper. I, um, but it is a pepper infused like pepper flavored vodka. Um, so it's a little spicy. Um, okay. So our term. Oof. So yeah, our, this is your first time <laughs> doing it. It's it. Oh, You've it's it harder than it looks. <laughs> okay. So our term of the day is. Like a champ. Motown music. Style. Oh. Okay. Keep going. So, Fight through it. You got Motown this. or the Motown sound is a particular style of rhythm and blues, which is named after the record company Motown Records in Detroit. So, this was a style of music that was popularized oh, excuse me, whew, during the 60s and 70s, and it became a huge part of like the cultural movement of black music. Um, in black culture, and one of the grew into like one of the largest black American owned uh, enterprises in the country, and like a national music industry competitor in the United States. So Motown Records was a company that made it possible for black artists to break into the mainstream um, and to break into uh, effectively like actually being on Billboard records, Billboard charts, like top one hundred. Um, Motown records and in the music industry, um, this was one of the industry pioneers that began to make that possible um, for black artists. And uh, there's a lot of influence um, from the 
musical era of Motown um, in the rock genre, um, specifically the style of rock that is uh, popular and, and utilized throughout the musical that we're that we're talking about today. Um, so I, there's a lot of places that it's going to come up. Um, so I just thought it'd be good to really introduce it here. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Good job. Yeah. Wasn't that fun? It was, I don't know if fun is the word. I think actually talking helped me get through the yeah. burning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Double burn, because it's spicy. Double burn, because it's spicy. Correct. So yeah, we're doing Grease 2. Season 1, episode 2, we did the first mm -hmm. Grease. Now we're doing the second. Yes. Uh, so back at it again. Back to school again. Oh. Back at it again with Grease 2. Oh, and I just thought about it. I don't know if, the I don't know if you did this on Back purpose. to school again. I don't know if. I don't know if you did this on purpose, but that was our second, our second episode. I didn't even think yeah, about no, that. That was, that was entirely purposeful. I, that's yeah. so wild that you. I, I think about things. Campbell, you are a strategic mind unlike no other. Well, I in my mind, it just I was like two, two. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so with that, our drink of the day is what we're calling a cool rider which is fresh jalapeno fresh lemon juice muddle that together add some agave syrup water vodka ice stir it up real good but we're making it even cooler by adding just a little little tiny bit of activated charge coal so it's has this like you know black color yeah just and like our I, cool rider covered in all leather Exactly, mm -hmm. and it looks really good. Yeah, and I'm excited. I'm to so excited to taste, taste it. it. Okay. Cheers! 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 Clink. That is deliciously refreshing. Ooh! I'm so happy with this. Oh my gosh! I could just like sip this on a not rainy, hurricaney afternoon, um, as as it is right Ooh. now in. Uh, That's so in good. Um, but this is delicious. I love this. And I don't taste vodka. Oh, not at all. I taste lemonade. I mean, there's a good amount of vodka in this. It's like four ounces. Correct. There's exactly four ounces. Very astute of you. Thank you. I can yeah. read. So anyway, Grease <laughs> 2, 1982 American musical. And it, so it's a sequel to the 1978 film Grease, yes. which was adapted from the 1971 musical of the same name by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey. Originally, this was supposed to be called Two Grease, Two Furious. Just kidding. Originally, it was going to be called More Grease. Yes. <laughs> uh, but that would be, I would actually have loved that more. I think so. Mm -hmm. um, so this was produced by Alan Carr and Robert Stigwood and directed and choreographed by Patricia Birch, who choreogra choreographed the original stage production and the other film. Mm -hmm. So we're back at Rydell High School two years after the other film's graduation as Danny and Sandy fly through the skies. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's where we are. And that is where we are. And the interesting thing, so this one picks up two years after. Mm-hmm that point um we open on the principal and her secretary raising the flag for yeah. the school Princi day principal mcgee played mm -hmm. by eve arden who's been in a million things she had a show own show the eve arden show she was in our miss brooks the mothers-in-law and then Dodie goodman played blanche her assistant she's been in a bunch of album of the chipmunks different strokes forever fernward mary hartman mary hartman and 
it's good to see them again. And I have to say, Blanche is definitely more vocal, more... She's sassier. She's sassy. After these and I love it. two years. I love I it. I love that for her. And we're... Uh, so, so we're we, in Rydell High School, 1961, and we're getting back back, back to, to school, school again. again. And uh, so they're interrupted in raising the flag by all the kids flooding in. Um, and this is a very high energy, like sort of rock and roll song. Um, so this uh, back to school again is performed by the Four Tops, um, which was a oh shoot, where are my notes? Um, so they were a American vocal quartet from Detroit, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit more at the end during our composer corner. Um, but they were part of the group of artists and bands that contributed to the rise of Motown. Cheers. I took a sip right before you started talking, so I'll take a note. <laughs> um, of the Motown sound uh, throughout this time period, throughout the 60s and 70s. Um, so this song is a banger. Uh, it's so good. And I love it. The dancing is so much fun. Yes. There's this one particular woman dancer mm -hmm. who is giving it her <laughs> all. She was in the sweater, and she's the most like aggressive about her twists oh, and the her turns. One. Oh my gosh, she was getting it. And, and she was she was like freaking Nosh G Fuel <laughs> nitroglycerin. Rocket Ship to Mars, yeah. the entire movie. <laughs> she was the star of this movie for me, and her name is Helena Adraco. I found you're her. You're talking about the girl with the, with the pigtail braids, right? With the blonde hair. Oh, oh yes, 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 That's yes. That's the one I'm talking about. Okay. With, and like at the very beginning, she had that like the I think it was like a pink or purple skirt and this like awesome like striped sweater. Yes. Yep. She's the Easter Bunny and girl girl for all seasons, mm -hmm. and. She plays the character's name apparently is Trixie Andrews. I had to like do some searching for that, uh, but she was all also in the original Grease. She was in Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Men and in Zoot Suit. And Helena, I just have to say I'm a big fan. <laughs> I, I I like we what you do. We love it. We love the energy. And I feel like you had so much energy. It definitely felt like everyone else didn't have enough. And I think that's good work on you. Yeah. It's amazing. She's great. I looked for, I was like, I was watching it with Alex, and every time she, I was like, oh, there's my girl. Yeah. But back to school again. This is a really fun song. And then we see the pink ladies. Mm -hmm. And isn't Michelle Pfeiffer the coolest woman you have oh ever seen gosh. in your entire life? Yes. Everything. She's just like that perfect, perfect, cool girl mean mm -hmm. that is endearing. Like, she is very rude and mean to so many of the characters, but I was like, yeah, you tell him. I want to be your friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you didn't know who Michelle Pfeiffer was, I don't, I don't, I don't know about I you. I don't. Also, but, like, you haven't been listening to the podcast because we've done Hairspray, so. And Prince of Egypt. And Prince of Egypt, so yeah. fake fan. Mich um, Michelle Pfeiffer, she plays Stephanie, <laughs> kind of the lead or I guess the coolest of the pink ladies. So she's Velma Von Tussle in Hairspray. Uh, she was also in the Fabulous Baker Boys. She's been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She's been in White Oleander. She was Catwoman in Batman Returns. And that one scene where she like whips all that stuff mm -hmm. while she's like, you know, thieving. She did it all <laughs> in one take. Yeah. And she's incredible and she's the coolest person alive. She's amazing. And I love her. I love her. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And, like, from this movie, I was like, oh, my God. This is... This is the coolest person I've seen in a movie, is how <laughs> I felt about Michelle Pfeiffer and Grease 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also see that Frenchie is meeting her... Not meeting her her nephew. She's meeting Sandra D's nephew, who's flying cousin. in, or cousin, sorry, who's flying in from England. Um, so he just moved and transferred uh, to Rydell High. Um, so yeah. that is Michael Carrington, mm-hmm. um, played by Maxwell Caulfield, who's mm-hmm. also been in uh, Casualty, uh, Emmerdale Farm, Spider Man the Animated Series. Uh, he's been in a lot of other musical stuff. He was. And Billy, he was Billy Flynn in Chicago mm-hmm. in different stage productions, but he was also in the Tony Award winning production of The Elephant Man. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So he's been in a lot of things. And then, yeah, Frenchie is back. She's Didi Khan. Uh, she was in the first one. She's been in Shining Time Station, Benson. She was also Raggedy Ann in the Raggedy Ann and Andy, a musical adventure movie, which mm-hmm. I think is fun. Um, I'm glad. I was glad to see Frenchie. It felt familiar. Yeah. Felt safe. Mm-hmm. And I think they did her dirty in this movie. They just forget about her after a certain part. She never comes back. I, you know what? You're right. She's not and at the graduation. I feel bad she's, not at the, uh, she's not at the talent show. Yeah. That's so true. Well, we see that there's some drama and some jealousy. Mm-hmm. Between uh, our two main characters, Johnny and Stephanie. So they, uh, Johnny's the leader of the T-Birds, Stephanie's the leader of the Pink Ladies, um, and they broke up over the summer. Um, So Johnny is still kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. very much into, very much doesn't have closure on his relationship with Stephanie. Um, And she's like, no, Johnny, like I said, it's over, we're moving on. Um, uh, and really. he's trying to move on, but still has a lot of, uh, still have a lot of feelings for him, so. Yeah, and he's played by Adrian Zmed, and he was in a bunch of episodes T.J. Hooker, Good Time Girls, but he was, like, also Danny Zuko in the original Broadway mm-hmm. and production yeah. and the Tommy Toon musical revival of Grease in the 90s. So this is, this is a series he knows very, very well. Yeah. Um, so we see, uh, that Michael is sort of getting roughed up by the T-Birds a little bit. He goes over to their lockers um, when he's looking for a locker to use. And they're like, hey, don't you know that this is us? Like, this spells T-Birds and that spells us, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, we also, like, are introduced to, like, a couple more characters. In the opening, we see kind of, like, one one of the main teachers there as well, Miss Mason, who I, she teaches theater, music, a bunch of stuff. I don't. I couldn't tell exactly what she taught, but Miss Mason, um, you know, is the the hot teacher flirting with those thirty five year old students, and she is played by Connie Stevens, who's also been in Rockabye Baby, The Love Boat, Starting from Scratch, Wendy and Me, and something else about. I'm just going to keep on talking about Frenchie because the movie doesn't enough. She is back <laughs> in school because she was a beauty school dropout. Yeah. She also failed beauty school on 10th day. But she wants to get into cosmetics because that's where the future is. So she's coming back to take chemistry, I guess finish her degree. But she really wants to focus on chemistry. Yeah. To make her own cosmetic skincare, line. beauty, cosmetic line. Yeah. Which is like, yes, absolutely, girl. Get your bag. 
And I think the pink lady pink lady pledge is so cool. I was so into it. I love it. And we we see the other pink ladies. We have uh, kind of I think the more Rizzo of the characters. We have Paulette. Yeah. Who's played by Lorna Luft, who is daughter and of Judy Garland and half sister of Liza Minnelli, and she has been in a million things: uh, Trapper John, MD, Murder She Wrote. She is such an incredible performer. That I don't remember which song it was, but when she starts singing, she just so effortlessly mm-hmm. explodes in song. Yes, and I really like it. Yes, we have Sharon, played by Maureen Teef. TV and she's been in fame but she's also a director and writer she like she wrote a full stage play Clara based on a silent film star Clara Bow and then we also have Allison Price who plays Rhonda who's been in Unfaithfully Yours and The Seduction of Gina Airplane 2 and then we see in the beginning but she'll come into play later Paulette's younger sister Dolores played by Pamela Adlin who she has been in so many things in my childhood. Yeah. She is so great. She's the voice of Spinelli from Resurfs. She's the voice of Bobby Hill, Pajama Sam, the uh, the computer show. She was in The Facts of Life. She's been in This Is Us. She's uh, played Moose Pearson and Pepper Ann. She is just incredible. Mm. And it was just, you know, good to see kind of her starts. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think... Um... In general, I really liked uh, the sort of the vibes and the chemistry and the energy between a lot of the cast. I think um, all their performances were. Uh, oh wow! I am definitely feeling that shot. Uh, I see what yeah, you did. Yeah, you I do. See what you right? did last time, Campbell. Um, yeah, I think I think all their performances were, were great. I think it was a very talented cast. I was thoroughly entertained the entire time. Um, so we see that Michael is starting to get accosted by various girls um, as they're like like at school, you know, throughout PE, like sports practice and stuff, running around the track. Um, uh, and he is immediately and singularly interested in Stephanie. And I mean, who isn't? That was the most realistic thing about this movie. <laughs> okay, but here's my thing. I... This was the thing that I found confusing, um, especially the first watch through when I was directly comparing it to Grease 1. Um, because with Sandy and Danny, we come into the story with them already in love, already having had a relationship. But in this version, or in this film, Michael just looks at Stephanie and is like, that's the one, that's the girl, that's... That. And you were fine with that for West Side Story. But here's the thing. West Side Story was intentionally an adaptation of Romeo and Juliet, which is a romantic tragedy. So that makes sense thematically and narratively. But here, it's just like, why are you pursuing she's part this of a group so that, hard? She's part of this group that, because of where he's from and his status, he's not allowed to date? But here's the thing. He only... Why don't you love love, right? No, no, no. He just, he only cares about joining the T-Birds because it means he can date her. But it's like... Yeah, they're losers. Of course. <laughs> She's the coolest woman alive. Raven, it's like you didn't even watch the movie. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. They Michelle suck. Pfeiffer, Michelle Pfeiffer is entrancing. No one is okay. That, that, that you answered your own question. <laughs> Next, we're moving on. Um, She's so cool. I'm confused by you. So yeah, he's kind of getting harassed by the T-Birds. So we have the other T-Birds. We have Demucci, that's played by Peter uh, Frechette. And he's also been the profile, Law and Order, Inside Man. He's been in Broadway performances, Tony nominated for Eastern Standard and Off-Broadway, Our Country's Good. And then we also have Christopher McDonald, who plays Goose, who has been in so many things. Thelma and Louise, Boardwalk Empire, Happy Gilmore, Harry's Law plays marty and hacks which is uh, yeah because i made you watch hacks you yes. know who marty is yes he owns the biggest yeah, place yes. yeah that's yes. goose that's i didn't even realize that that's goose and then which i thought of this goose was the creepiest uh then we also have leaf green who plays davy um who's been in a bunch of stuff different stuff but he's also been uh production managers in some uh some movies like brother rare 2 he was the assistant production manager in Looney Tunes Back in Action, Osmosis Jones, which I just thought was fun because I really liked those movies than I did growing up. Yeah. But yeah, those are our T-Birds and Pink Ladies, this film. So anyway, Michael Carrington starts speaking to Steph like he could even try, and he is just not about it. And so then we get into, you know, classes about to start, Blanche is, you know, fucking it up on the xylophone. Mm-hmm. And then we see uh, Mr. And then, Spears. And then, no, and then the principal inter- rudely interrupts her. Oh, yes. She is she is going off, doing her solo. It's fantastic. And the principal interrupts her. And I, you know, I want vindication for her. And vindication you shall have. <laughs> but we get to uh, introduce to... Uh, Mr. Spears, yep. played by Dick Patterson. He's been in the Carol Burnett show. Um, he's he was Mr. Rudy in Grease One, so I don't know why they gave him a different name. They could have just made him the same character, but he is not doing great. He is about to have a meltdown, <laughs> and is, should not be around children. And so we see he's just kind of losing it and then we hear you know some of the announcements there's band tryouts playing together is better than playing it alone debatable i'd say depending on the group (laughs) and then we hear about the june moon talent show well i think i think the joke was more uh playing with yourself oh i didn't get that i was offended i was like what's wrong about being in band (laughs) (laughs) oh i am so so lame Uh, and then typical my god and then on the announcements, they announced that we have a English genius, Michael Carrington, and then he like stands up, and introduces himself. That's yeah. just so embarrassing. And then we find out that Steph outgrew Johnny yes. over the summer. Mm-hmm. Brutal, loved Brutal. it. He deserves it. And we hear more about this ta- talent show that these two twins kind of cheerleaders come mm-hmm. up to Michael's like I hear you play the piano you have to do the talent show yes and those two are played by Gene and Liz Seagal and they both were in this show Double Trouble uh Gene was a director in a bunch of stuff and like Two Broke Girls Austin Alley uh Fuller House Two and a Half Men uh she was like an associate director for that in a bunch of episodes of Two Broke Girls mm-hmm. Liz also in Double Trouble 
was also in Howard the Duck. She was also a writer for the newest Cowboy Bebop, The Flight Attendant, Sons of Anarchy. So, you know, still doing their things, both of them, in the biz. Yeah. And this is something I I don't really... I think a big difference between Grease 1 and Grease 2, in Grease 1, the cool kids wanted nothing to do with the school. Yeah. In Grease 2, everyone does all the activities. They don't skip out. Yeah, they are cheating on their assignments, but, like, <laughs> they're excited to be part of this talent show. Yeah, I It's agree. not a chore for them. It's not yeah. like, oh, why would we be in that? I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I actually really like that the show is centered around the talent show. Um, those types of events, like, those types of campaigns to put together events like that, um, really do provide interesting story points in your life. And there are points in your life that, like, you're going to look back on uh, in the future. And so I think it is an interesting type of event to focus a story around, you know, when you're looking at a set, especially with, like, an ensemble-type cast, um, where you're following multiple stories at once, which I think is very inherent to the nature of Greece, you know, like Greece one was very much like that too. We were following multiple couples um, and you saw the arc of multiple relationships over the course of the movie. Um, you kind of have the same thing here in, in Greece two. And I actually think that having that talent show framework um, just kind of bolsters that as a story point, you know? Yeah. yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Um, so then we find out that the only way if Michael wants to be with Stephanie is to be a T-Burst. He's like, okay, so how... That, like, leads him on his journey to be if, a T-Bird. Yeah, if Frenchie's just like, wait, that was not what I meant. That wasn't That's the point not. of that. <laughs> um, and they all plan to meet up at the bowling alley. So he's like, bet, That's, I'm, I'm gonna go there. Yeah, because um, we also see that uh, the, vil the an antagonist uh, to this school, to the T-Birds, Balmudo, mm -hmm. he's back. Yep. Uh, he was played uh, by Dennis Stewart, who is, you know, Leon the Grease, Sergeant Par Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band as well. But he has so many more men in his gang. Why did they think the T-Birds would ever be able to beat him? Like, <laughs> he is a full, like, and they're also, one of the things I think I do like better about this, about this version is that the people do look more closer in age to where they're supposed to be. And as yeah. a result, um, what's his name? Valmudo? Yeah. His, his biker gang looks like a group of grown men versus like the T-Birds who look like, I mean, still adult men, like they... They don't look younger than, I would say, 20, um, but not 30-year-old men. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just like, yeah, y'all... And I think that contributes to... We, we talked about earlier how the T-Birds don't seem as tough and cool. No, and I think that's because like they're younger, too. And they're not... Like, they're scrappy, you know? And they're... Um, it's like when you have an organization that's mostly seniors and freshmen, but then the seniors <laughs> graduate, and yes. so you just have a bunch of sophomores. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Ugh. Sucks. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, so they all get to... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, but then we get to the bowling alley. We yep. see nuns bowling. Fun. That's fun. And then we see Paulette gets a strike, and we get into such a fun song 
score tonight. Yeah. What do you I, think about this song and scene? So one, I love that not only did Paula get a strike, she got a strike without breaking one of her nails. And you know what, girl? I'm proud of you. Um, score tonight. So my initial thought uh-huh. when I was first watching it was uh-huh. gross. Um, did not enjoy it. Uh, uh-huh. I think I think the song itself is a bop. Um, and that's both the good thing and I think the bad thing of almost all of the songs in this musical. The songs are all bops. But then there's also like, within the context of the story, there are always like weird performances or weird innuendos that it's just like, but why did you choose to do this though? I love it. So like, and the, gonna, so aggra- like, the aggressive sped up spin dancing. <laughs> like, there's so many It was times. a fever dream and I was having the time of my life. There's so many times in this movie that they have collective either fever dreams or strokes or just like... Or strikes. Or, or full on dissociations. Like it's just like... Incredible. It was good. It was good. And I really like the lyrics. The, the melody is, it seemed, it's one of those songs that I feel like you can easily parody. And that, mm-hmm. I appreciated that. Because there was like, da, 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 yeah. da, 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 It's just like, you can say anything you want. And I'm like, you know, dancing along. Yeah. Then, of course, we have my girl, girl, Trixie Andrews, fucking it up on the dance floor. Again, the most <laughs> aggressive out of all of them. And I loved it. I truly Fantastic. loved it. One of the things that I thought was wild, uh, here, let me make sure, let me make sure I like, find it. Like, they're, they're, they're sped up dancing, mm-hmm. spinning, that minute, that's my sleep paralysis uh, demon, <laughs> and I'm happy about it. <laughs> so, one of the things I thought was wild, when I was going through, like, the response, like, the critical response, like, the reviews and stuff of this movie, one of the, uh, responses was, um... This this time the story can't even masquerade as an excuse for stringing the songs together. Songs? What songs? The numbers in Greece 2 are so hopelessly insubstantial that the cast is forced to burst into melody about pastimes like bowling. And I feel like on its face, I was just like, I mean, yeah, I, I can see I, I how disagree. you... But it's just like... Did you not understand what they were singing about? Yeah, the entire entire movie is about sex. sex. The entire entire movie is about sex. That's a virgin ass take if I've ever heard one. It's about boning. Like, it's. Yes. 100%. Like, did you not. not It's not just about pastime activities, it's about having sex. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's really funny. And then eventually we see Michael come up and he's trying to, you know, practice reading the rules on, you know, American dialogue. And he wants to say, howdy, fellas, let's bowl some balls. And that is, uh, merch will be coming soon. <laughs> howdy, fellas, <laughs> let's bowl some balls. It is so, it made me laugh so hard. I was having such, Raven, I had such <laughs> a good time watching this. I, it's so, this movie is entertaining point blank point blank period mm-hmm. you know and then and, so and then, then we like he gets there and then we see everyone kind of like leaving yep and then we have you know a, more of a moment with dolores uh Rebchuk, upchuck some mm-hmm. people call her and she's basically like what's up get out of my face what are you doing and i loved it <laughs> and so we see she's more of like a pink lady mascot yeah. and do you know if they did this in like say like the mid 2000s do you know who i could see being her who Allison Stoner. 
voice up Isabella from Phineas and Ferb in some of the best Missy Elliott music videos. Yes. You know, Mike's super short Yeah, she was in uh, Work It. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I I see that kind of role for her. Hey, if they made it now, if Alison Stoner wants to do it, absolutely. Um, But then we see that Michael decides to walk her home. She was like, I don't need a babysitter. He's like, consider it a date. I was like, oh, what a stand-up guy. You know, you know, getting her, getting her home. And then it's the next day, and we're introduced to Mr. Stewart, the substitute teacher, taking over for Mr. Spears. Yes. So he's played by Tab Hunter. He's been in Damn Yankees. He had his own show, the Tab Hunter show. He also is a music artist. Uh, he, like, topped the charts in 1957 for his song Young Love. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he, like, gets into the... Well, as soon as he there uh, gets into the classroom... He's like, oh, I'm your substitute teacher. Everyone leaves. Me, as I was a substitute teacher, I would never. I would personally, I would not let that stand. But I guess I'm built different. I was just like like, the the disrespect, the gall, the The gumption. Yeah. So then we go to uh, the next tea. We see them auditioning for the school talent show. They're all putting on a talent show, um, and they're auditioning different acts. Um, I can't tell. Whether the twins are like wacky Marie and Doreen. funny or creepy, yes, <laughs> because they're also very talented. So they're singing yes. the song Brad, and they're doing their voices great. Miss Mason, Miss Mason is just like these are my girls, like yeah. kill it. Yes, and it's really really cool. And there's just like some good stuff going up there. Yeah, some good dancing, some good choreography, good singing. But there's also, like, for the act, here's the thing, for their act, like, the audition for the talent show, I was like, oh, yeah, they're matching because, like, they're background singers. So, yes, they're twins, but also, like, this is a performance, they're doing a background dance, like, they're doing a performance, they're going to be matching costumes, whatever. But then when we see them throughout the story, they're still also always matching. And there's just something unsettling, I find, about especially identical twins but like why would fraternal twins do it uh but especially identical twins constantly matching and and actually being identical to each other to the point where like you can't really tell them apart and it's just like i find that inherently unsettling yeah yeah but the girls are very talented very talented and then we get next we see that sharon uh is Taking a big interest, I guess she has composed, choreographed, directed, which is cool because her actor is a writer and director as well. That's very cool. Didn't know that. Girl for all seasons. Yes. So much fun. We hear rehearsals a lot in different parts. Pageantry piece. It's great. And it's, like, really fun. Well, I guess well, let's talk about the song in full when we get to it later. Yes. But during this, uh, during all of this, Michael is playing the piano. He's really good at the piano. Yeah. Yeah, And he he's is. trying to ask out Stephanie again, and she's just like, no. No. She's just, like, Ice rushing cold. Off. I, But I love, I love her comebacks of, like, oh, hey, are you free after school? I'm free every day. It's in the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Fuck you. Get out of my face. <laughs> oh, I love the, I love the, uh, just every day I'm busy, never free. She, she's yeah. no time for this boy. 
no no time whatsoever. Which we do see she does like work a lot, so I think yes. there is like some truth there. But also, but, it's like again, it puzzles the question of like why why are you still relentlessly pursuing this one girl then who has made it clear that she has no interest in you? Because he is entranced. He's to the in point love. of buying a motorcycle and learning how to ride. Yes. I'm just saying. Is suspicious. Suspicious what? He could just be dumb. I mean, it works out. I just... It's, it's kind of creep behavior a little bit. Oh, no. 100%. Okay. <laughs> I, but, like... Yeah. I agree. But the reason why... Michelle Pfeiffer in Greece too. I'm like, okay, I see why he's obsessed with her. That's fair. That's fair. That's where I'm coming from. It ends happily, so, you know, there's that. I, and I wasn't sure that was going to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> then he's just honest. trying to, like, ask her, keep on asking her out. And she was and like, hey, kid, like, you're dude, not my type. You are not my type. You know what my type is? A cool, cool writer. writer. Cheers. Cheers. Boop, a boop. Can someone please explain to me why they have Michelle Pfeiffer, of all people, just standing still and singing into the camera? Like, her performance is amazing. It's beautiful. I love her face acting. But, like, Michelle Pfeiffer is capable of so much more. Yeah, like, like, don't get me wrong. She is entrancing no matter what she's doing on screen. She does very well in this performance. But, like, she's capable of so much more than this. Yeah. You know why? Did, why didn't you let grabs. her do so much more? I yeah. don't know. Maybe it's just like this they, was so very early kind in her of like a, yeah. They were it were in a like this is like her breakout role, I believe, and they were just very confined kind of space for like the setting, and they're just like, I don't know. That's not what it was about. It was about her being cool, posing, dreaming of her future man's. Yeah. She wants a hell on reels, and, like, she's honestly incredible. She is so freaking cool. Um, and then at, like, when she wants a C-O-O-L-R-I-D. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just fun. Yeah. And she, when she's, like, dancing away, it's, like... So you sometimes there's, me? like, good transitions into and out of musicals. This was not a good one. <laughs> when she Because when she's she, the only one dancing fervently yeah, and singing. The but then you see everyone else just having conversations, just you know a normal dialogue giving? at the same time. You know what it's giving? Do you remember when Gas Pedal came out? Do you remember that video? I think it was a vine of a girl dancing to Gas Pedal. And when the Gas Pedal part came on, she like bunny hopped out of the room. <laughs> That's what this was giving. <laughs> I, I saw more like there was this one TikTok and it was like ch- changing from dialogue into singing and musicals. Yeah. And it was the same song every time. And it was just like, it's like, you'll never be popular. Because <laughs> you're a lesbian. <laughs> yeah. You know that video? It's yes. so funny. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you're my biological nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so interesting, interesting transitions. Um, we go into, so we immediately transition to, uh, the T-Birds are soliciting Michael for essays, um, for a variety of topics, but primarily history, although I think he also does, like, an English literature, um, type of essay. Uh, and we find out he lives in a nuclear fallout shelter. Yeah, which is wild. The Russians. Cold War. (laughs) Serious um, business. 
but here's the thing. This is the point where I was just like, dude, is it really, like, it'd be one thing if it was like, oh, I'm selling these papers to get more money because of X, Y, and Z. But you're doing all of this work just to get into this particular group of people just to date this one. Because, like, technically he starts dating her before he ever becomes a T-bird. Like, he just had to be a cool writer. You didn't have to do all this work to actually become a T-bird. You just had no, to no, be No, 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 cool but writer. he did because she's a pink lady. But, like, Them's she was rules. already in love with him as cool writer. But that's the rules of the pink ladies and the T-birds. I just feel like... That's the whole point. I just feel like it was too much devotion, but also... We he was hopelessly devoted to her. Oh, such a good song. Oh, Olivia Newton-John. Okay, well... And so, yeah, so he's... Yeah, all um, of them's like, I got a rep to protect. Don't let anyone I'm doing this. He was like, okay, fine. And then, and then at first I was to... like, you can't use your same handwriting, but then we do see later that he does use different handwritings for, like, the different guys. I'm like, yeah. oh, that is a nice touch. Do not condone cheating. Cheating is stupid. But, nice touch. Nice touch. Um, but then so we get then to we biology class. To Mr. Stewart teaching reproductive, well, not re- reproductive biology, but of plants. Um, and we get into the song Reproduction. And Which is a fun schoolhouse rock type song. Uh, my first note <laughs> why, dear God, why? Uh-huh. I, uh, schoolhouse rock, sort of, but like, but yet again, the fever dream version, and because I think about the porn parody of it. The porn. <laughs> it's the porn uh, parody of Schoolhouse Rock. You, you it's get great. me. You get me, Campbell. Yes. This. I just thought this was fun. And I do think it was fun. Again, I think it's a bop. Again, I think the song, the music, the beat—it's a jam. You know, but uh-huh. it's just why, why must all these these scenes be fever dreams? although like oh man and then some of the lyrics definitely problematic (laughs) she's asking for it yikes (laughs) bad 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 (laughs) all they can say is no 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 i was like yeah take the take the hint Mm -hmm. um and then there was that one guy who sings just in a falsetto the whole time what was that i don't understand and he was like, I think I went through. I was like, this is, this is, this was a choice. Yeah, was there, was there a point to this? I um, didn't get it. Yeah. But then Paulette, that voice, one, stop trying to fuck your teacher. <laughs> there was, you know what, there were so many problematic things. Um, and then you leave that bo- damn bunny alone. That poor little bunny. Uh, bunnies are very high-strung creatures. Don't stress them out. Um, so yeah, so then that, that happens. And then, uh, we see the principal, like, reprimanding Mr. Stewart afterwards. to just kind of be like, hey, you know, you gotta be a little more cognizant than that. Um, and then one of the girls comes up to her and it's just like, oh, I, you know, missed my last two periods. And she was like, oh, that's fine, dear. You can make them up, like, in the afternoon. You can make them up tomorrow or whatever. And then she walks away and she's like, oop. I'm just like, that girl is preggers. Yes, yes, Indeed. yes, she is. Uh, 
Um, so then we see, uh, we transition, we see Michael is searching for a motorbike, um, some sort of motorcycle to buy. With the money he's gained from writing these essays With for the, the T-Birds. Yeah, yeah. Which he's getting a lot better at. <laughs> yes. Um, he has found their voice. I guess, I guess this is my thing. Like, until this point, and I think that this... I think that this changes later on, but up until this point, Stephanie has expressed no interest for him, which is my primary problem. And I think that changes. Like, she's expressed interest for the cool writer, but she has no idea that that's Michael. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, And later on, we see her express interest for Michael, but up until this point all of his affections and all of his attentions have been entirely unrequited. Yes, largely because, like, he is not a part of the T-Birds, but also towards Michael, she doesn't express any, any like, sign of, I would want to be with you if you were a T-Bird, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's my problem, and I think that shifts when, like, we get a couple scenes, like, a couple scenes later, um, after yeah. we take our break, like, I think that shifts later on, um, but at but this, up until point, this point, it's just like, it's just like this so feels thirsty. predatory. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So then we get into yeah. um, we see him like practicing. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I was like, yeah, he's practicing. He's going to hurt himself, and then yes. Frenchie is there trying to be like, what's going on? Yeah, and it's just and not able they, to talk since. Yeah, and yeah. apparently they cut a few extra scenes where Frenchie was actually actively giving him lessons on like how to ride a motorcycle. Um, oh that would have been so cool yeah which like because he shows up later and it's just like writing per like like so amazingly and everything and it's just and i remember actively thinking like how did where did that happen you know what i mean but those were deleted scenes mm-hmm. where french was giving him yeah. lessons yeah but yeah you're right we're, now we're back at auditions we see more of the girl for all seasons and then they're like hey they're like cut them off it's like no 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 we have more room it's like you're already in just like we're good we're good yeah. we don't need to see anymore and then we see kind of like I guess the front runners, the prep tone seeing Mr. Sandman, Mamie oh my and Sand. Gosh. So good. So good. I love their harmonies. And then we see definitely jealousy from the T Birds because and then they sing their song, Prowlin' for the auditions. Yes. And they are not bad. They're not bad. I like the it's like I like the concept, you know, but they do need to tighten up their harmonies. They do need uh-huh. to, you know, get their act together literally. Um, which they Michael's do by the getting, end. Yeah, and then they find out just they're looking to see if they got it. They're like, oh my god, we made it. We made the audition. So they like do really care about being in this talent show. And yeah. everyone did. There weren't enough auditions. So yeah, all yeah. of that, that's fun. Yeah. So at this point, do we want to take a break? Yeah, another drink. Halfway point, yes. Because these drinks uh, are basically doubles. So. Yes, and then we're going gonna, gonna to top off, you know, maybe add a little bit more jalapeno, spice it up a little bit, see how yeah. we feel. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Be right back, listeners. Burp. Campbell, do you remember being back in, like, third grade and having, like, music class and learning to play the recorder and, like, hot cross buns? Fun fact. So, you know I know a lot of wind instruments. I physically was Mm -hmm. not able to play the recorder. My teacher told me just to stand there at the concert. But, yeah, I'm familiar with the concept. (laughs) That's so, wait, that's so, that's so sad. It's okay. I can play the bassoon. I've gotten over it. I don't feel bad about it. That's fair, I suppose. Okay, well, we'll, we'll move on. Put a pin in that. Um, <laughs> put, put a pin in that. Boop. Um, so, 
Unfortunately enough, uh, there are students all across the country that have never before had a general music education class and don't have the ability or the opportunity to access music education um, and get the chance to learn tons of different wind instruments um, or even just the recorder. And that's why we are partnering with Education Through Music, which is an organization that partners with low-income schools in New York City to provide students better access to music education. Also, 53% of New York City schools do not have a music teacher on faculty full-time. So, Education Through Music also provides weekly music education by putting qualified music teachers into these schools. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons this is so important is because motivation for learning means motivation for staying in school. And a lot of the students that are able to be involved in these music programs report that they have uh, attended school when they otherwise would have skipped um, or like stayed in school when they otherwise like wouldn't have wanted to stay specifically because they were looking forward to music class or they were looking forward to ensemble um, and, and getting to learn uh, specifically about music. And you can support and learn more at p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. That's p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. Nailed out. Do you have an instrument that you've neglected and now it hates you? Do you have too much money and think, hey, this can go to a good place? Neither applies to me, but I want to talk to you about the Dodario Foundation. They believe in the transformative power of music and that mentoring and building communities through music can positively affect social change. 100% of every dollar raised goes directly to support efforts to get kids involved in community music programs, acquire and maintain instruments, provide college scholarships, and support new innovation in music education. You can learn more and donate at www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. That's www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. Hey there, listeners. Pop quiz. Who was your favorite teacher in school? Did it happen to be someone who inspired a movie? Did that movie later change the world? Because that's exactly what happened with Mr. Holland's opus, the story of the profound effect a dedicated music teacher had on generations of students. The composer for the film, Michael Kamen, later started the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation in 1996 as his commitment to the future of music education. Today, the foundation works with schools nationwide to audit their music education programs, supply quality instruments, train teachers on basic instrument repair, and even offer customized consulting to make sure the school's program fits their students' needs. The impact of this foundation now ensures that hundreds of thousands of kids across the country are granted access to learn and play music in school, keeping music education alive and well. If you're interested in supporting their mission, you can donate online, over the phone, or even while you shop Amazon or eBay. Visit mhopus.org slash donate to learn more. And we're back. Cheers. Cheers. And so now we go. We we are done with the auditions. Yes. Um, And they are all at like the uh, diner, billiards, a hall, bowling alley. Um, And we see that the badass biker boys, their rivals, their enemies show up again. Uh, Val, what is his name again? Valmudo. Valmudo, yes. Val with a B. Valmudo, oh yes, okay. So they show up, um, and then he's like harassing all of the T-Birds. Dolores goes to get, um, one of the guys who's still inside. Uh, 
and then as he's being you know sort of hemmed up you know against the against the door uh we see a mysterious motorcycle rider uh come out of nowhere um and he separates the two of them and all of them are like oh go get that guy and then we get into the song who's that guy this song is so freaking funny because props to Mi- props to Michael for getting this good at you know riding a motorcycle, mm-hmm. um, but also negative props to everyone else for not being as good with years of Correct. writing. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's um, like he's like he's like a cryptid. He's basically <laughs> Mothman in this. And there's so many times he just, like, punches and, like, kicks and, like, falcon punches. It's just, the line looks like he can really fly, will come up later. Mm-hmm. But this is, I think my, like, favorite line was uh, when Michael says to himself, it's like, wait till they see that it's me, it's, it's, it's me, it's Michael. <laughs> and I'm just like, that wasn't necessary. <laughs> <laughs> he's just excited that he's, he's getting all excited. this attention he's like hell yeah i learned how to ride a motorcycle but yeah, it's it's really cool Paulette the energy, Belton the energy fucking in the scene. Belts like, it. everyone oh yeah everyone is like obsessed with him um the thing that does get me like there's not it's it's it feels odd to me that there's not a lot of like dancing or movement, I feel like, in this scene. Like, at least at the beginning... It's all motorcycle choreography. Yeah, and, like, I feel like at the beginning of this scene, it's a lot of them... It's it's their reactions to him being there, but it's still a lot of them just, like, looking off in the distance, presumably at him, like, looking shocked or amazed or whatever. Um, and then we get into the motorcycle choreography, um, and I feel like they could have zhuzhed that up a little bit, but... yeah. It's still it's still really cool. Like the the rhythm, like I couldn't help but like come along to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. but he does become you know Steph's cool writer and mm-hmm. you know asks for a ride, but then the cops come and I don't I didn't really understand what laws they broke. Yeah, I, I was like, was why like, are there maybe it was just a noise complaint? Yeah, you know. But like, motorcycles are know. very loud, but like, I don't, I don't know where like what type of town this is, but it didn't seem like there would be that many people around to to make a noise complaint or something you know exactly and so then he like you know rides off and then we get to the next day and we see him talking to frenchie um like frenchie this isn't home ec this is these are chemicals (laughs) you're using because like Uh, earlier on like she fully caused an explosion that should have lacerated her face yes fully it like we saw she was not was she wearing safety uh, glasses vessel explode uh, no, none of them were wearing PPE at any point during this uh, montage or scenes. Um, so yeah, so we see them uh, execute some nuclear bomb drills, and then this is where we find out about the bunker. Um, because well, that's where where Michael's been working this entire time. That's where he yes, sleeps, that's where he's presumably. Been, he's been working. Yeah. Which like, um, do they not let him inside the house? I I don't because they have a big house. We've seen Sandy's house. Yes. It's. I, I don't understand. Maybe it's a Harry Potter situation. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's a Harry He's Potter situation. He's a little situation. British boy. That's we don't true. Know. Yeah. Um, but either way, we see... I forget which T-bird it is. I don't know all the... I keep forgetting their names other than Goose. Um, uh, Demucci. Demucci, yes. Uh, we see he is bringing... Um, Sharon? Sharon? Sharon. Sharon. Um, into the bunker. 
and we see Goose and the other one. The other team bird. Davy. Davy, thank you. I only know Goose and Johnny uh, in terms of names. 50%, um, not bad. Yep, you know, doing better than usual, which is sad. But uh, And then we see Johnny, no, sorry, Johnny, Goose and Davy uh, waiting with the like nuclear bomb siren. And we get into Do It For Our Country, a.k.a. Operation Too Much T-Bird Involvement. And I have very mixed feelings about this scene. Because on the one hand... <laughs> uh. It's uh, very coercive, sexually, yeah. uh, in yeah. a way that is highly problematic. On the other hand, her <laughs> responses, like the way she's just like bandaging him up, and the way she, like, it feels so, it feels intentional, you know what I mean? It feels so... so you, you were saying she was asking for it. No, 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 I mean like, the, the way I'm she... the way she of course she didn't. Him. <laughs> I'm saying the way she curves him, like it feels so uh Scoop over the head, I guess, that it feels intentional, you know? Yeah. Where like he's trying to undress her and everything like that and she's just wrapping bandages around him because she's supposed to be the nurse and yeah. you know, and then she's like, Oh, like, you know, oh, oh do you think we're old enough to go, like actually go off to war? And then she's like, Okay, let's go do our duty, you know, like it feels very like satirical almost. Oh, yeah, for sure. And this song is very, uh, like, at the beginning, I was like, what is this, like, a John Denver song? And at, like, some points when he's just like, no, no, we need to have sex now. It's like, please don't say that while holding a gun, sir. Yep. That's not Didn't enjoy that imagery. Nope, not at all. Um, Yeah, but no, no, we got to do it because we love our country. It's, it's, we're, like, doing it for, like, the Grand Canyon or Disneyland. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Um... But also, I, I really take issue with the idea that if the world were ending, or if, like, I was dying, that I would want my final moments to be with sex. Me. Especially an uh, uh, undoubtedly mediocre sex. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um, so then... Uh, she runs out of it. She's like, how dare you? You're an asshole. Um, so she runs out. And then we transition and we see Stephanie is working at a gas station. She's a fuel attendant. And I don't know what the what it's necessarily called, but I feel like the different kinds of like filming like camera work here is like really different. Mm. I I think I have an idea what you mean, but but what do you what do you mean? As an Anna, it just like looked different. <laughs> that's that's what I got. Anywho. I, no, I do I do get that. Like I I was wondering why at this scene then. Hmm. Why at this scene did they make that choice? Was it to be that it was kind of more like in motion, like back and forth to show like the hustle and bustle, but when he comes everything else is like smooth? Like I think and they write off I, together. If I'm if I'm thinking thematically or narratively I think it's because this is like a turning point in Stephanie's storyline. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. when I was watching this for the second time, I thought of when she hops on on the back of his bike and like they take off. I thought of earlier in the scene when they were first rehearsing "Girl of All Seasons," and she says the line like he asks like, "Oh, are you free tonight after school?" And she says the line, "I'm free every night." Like it's in the Constitution. Yeah. And. To me, this scene felt like her 
like embracing that, embracing our independence and saying, you know what, I've been saying this whole time, I'm an independent woman, like Johnny, I can kiss whoever I want, you know, this cool writer oh, guy is my Mr. gross Wright. it is that he's like, stay with me, but like he's currently with Paulette. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. That sucked. That, <laughs> all of that is fucked up. And I love that and Paulette like, does continue him? to call him out. Oh, yes. Yeah, but she also continues to stay with him, and it's like, yeah, oh, it's like not yourself. to the point where you feel like I deserve better, but like you know, yeah. she acknowledges. But you know what? But at least, she, at least she is standing up for herself. You know, what I mean, she is mm-hmm. calling him out. When whether she's like, she hey, does something about it or not, whether she does something about it or not, you know, we all have our own growth stories, our own development journeys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, like I think in terms of your question about cinematography, if I with you know, the little film education that I have for analyzing this, uh, as I am analyzing this, um, my explanation would be that this scene represents like a sort of narrative shift in Stephanie's story where it feels like she's really taking back control of her life. And she's like, you know what? I want to go with this guy. Like, I'm kind of like, screw this job, screw these people. Like who says I have to be here? They can all help themselves. You know, like I'm, I want to do this. So I'm going to go do it, you know? And so, you know, Michael comes, uh, the cool rider comes, and he's like, you know, takes her away from there. So she, like, you know, skips out on work, and then they do this fun little first date montage Mm -hmm. that is kind of sweet. And, and we also hear. Could she be uh, safer? Absolutely. absolutely. I just, I just don't like motorcycles. For one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But we do hear, like, a saxophone solo version of Cool Rider as they as they pull off which i really yeah. enjoyed and then he's um, like doing some like pseudo american accent to hide his voice yeah i was not a fan i was like what are you doing with this accent did not enjoy it was like weirdly trying to be southern and kind of country but like uh, i don't i didn't understand it uh didn't enjoy uh okay so then we do see um at the end of this date like michael kind of starts to reveal himself to her um but then the t-birds start pulling up and as he's, uh, you know, kind of hurriedly pulling off, he actually slips up and mentions, like, oh, I'll see you at the talent show. And so she's like, what does he, how does he know about the talent show? Like, what does he mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so she's getting some clues about his identity. Um, yeah. But then the then, other, the T-Birds, everyone else, like, shows up and just and like, Johnny hey, is get out of here. And happy about it. Yeah. Leave so, her alone. Leave her alone. Like, like because Johnny, it's very she's, much... He's like, you have, you can only be a pink lady if you're with a T-bird. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to be with a T-bird. You can't be one of, you can't be a part of your friend group anymore because you're not yeah. dating me, but I am currently dating your friend. Yeah. But that said, though, by the end of the movie, earned or unearned, like by the end of the movie, I do enjoy what Johnny's overall character arc is. Like by the end of the movie, I enjoy the ending that they reach and that he's eventually able to grow past that and kind of be like you know what fine you know you can date whoever you want like i have no say in that and if this guy wants to be in the t-words he can be in the t-words you know yeah 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 i I appreciate that that is a character arc that we get to see um um so so he's just saying i'm not jealous you know what boys i'm gonna show how not jealous i am let's practice her singing and dancing yeah and they sound so much better this time they sound they've been practicing well they don't have to do homework so they have the time (laughs) true um i 
I really like this scene. Like, I think uh, in terms of like just like the step up and like their harmonies and performance mm-hmm. quality and stuff like that, I think this is a very good performance. I think all the musical performances in this are very, very good. Um, my only, I guess, issue with this is not with the scene is itself. It the, is it it's the, the lyric? Really smart provided she's really stacked. Oh, that, yes, but that's just, you know... Sign of the times. But Raven, that's your type. I mean, look. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the only thing I didn't particularly like, like, so with Girl of All Seasons, we saw them rehearsing it throughout the movie, but then we saw the full performance at the actual talent show. Mm -hmm. And with this one, they didn't do that. Like, we saw one practice at the audition, and then we saw this, which is basically the full performance. And then at the talent show, we get, like, a small segment of it as they're going mm-hmm. out. And I think I kind of would have preferred, like, I mentioned Sing earlier. I kind of preferred if they did something like Sing, where maybe we saw a, a, a major piece of the song uh, earlier in the movie, but we see the full production, stage production, everything um, at the talent show. And I don't mm-hmm. know if they just did that because they wanted to spread out, the like, they didn't want all of the musical pieces to be in the talent show scene. Yeah. But... I think they already had other musical, you know, scenes in the movie anyway, so I don't think that was an issue, but that's just my take. That's what I would have preferred. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I really like this song. I think it's a fun, like, rockin' song. I really love the vibe and the energy. Um, and this style of music that's, uh, that Prowlin sort of features um, is also inspired largely by, like, Motown. Cheers. Cheers. Is also inspired largely by Motown uh, sound. So, the like this like style of rock music, the style of song, the style of performance, um, was popularized by groups like the Four Tops, by groups like the Temptations. Um, so I, I thought it was really cool seeing this performance, and it felt it actually felt kind of nostalgic for me because like I grew up listening to bands that gave rise to the style. You know? Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I love Motown. Okay. Um, now we so see that Stephanie failed her paper on Hamlet. And yes. so has so graciously allowed herself to get help from, from Michael, Michael on this paper. Mm-hmm. So they meet I to work. I think she had a really good understanding of Hamlet. That he just needs to lighten up. Because Hamlet is just one angsty boy. He's one angsty-ass boy. I mean, we've all seen The Lion King. Yes. Yes. Um, The thing I really like about this scene... um, So, one, she starts off by talking about her mysterious biker, and she refers to him as Mr. Wright, um, because he is exactly the cool writer that she's saying about, um, the exact image of what she wanted. Um, But the thing I like is that he one he gets a little inkling of like okay cool she actually is sort of into this thing i'm doing she is into me a little bit but we also get the first uh indication that they as people also have an actual connection like michael yeah. and uh and stephanie not just the cool writer or mr Wright and stephanie um and it was fun just seeing like him compliment her and then her being like oh well like you're actually really awesome like you're super smart and like you're good at this and like to see and she's her... like dude take a compliment like I'm, yeah like, she doesn't have to stephanie is not someone to like beg beg to dote on someone like that she's yes. just like hey she just you know she sees this. you 
she's telling you how it is. Yeah. And I need you to accept that or not because it's true. Yeah. You don't have a choice in the matter. And I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And like earlier when I said like that my main problem was that in addition to him not being in the T-Birds, she had also not expressed any indication of liking him or wanting to have anything to do with him, uh, even if he mm-hmm. were in the T-Birds, you know what I mean? Um, and this was the point in the movie that I was like, okay, I, I kind of see that shift. Like, I kind of see that changing. Um, and I feel differently about that now because, like, okay, I can see how y'all could be a couple. I can see how, you know. And also at this point, she was, like, confronted by, like, all of her friends and was basically like, oh, you can't be a pink lady if you're not going to date me. So I think that may also play an influence with, like, what's going on here. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And we see um, Johnny and Goose pull up right as Michael is leaving. Um, so Johnny throws another little tantrum. Um, so Johnny could really use some healing and closure um, and just general improvement of his emotional intelligence and, and they d- mechanisms with... Formally declare they are over. Yes. Even Which though is like, at the first day of school, she announced she, that to everyone in class. Mm-hmm. And and this is where I was like, yeah, because she totally needs your permission to move on when she clearly has already and has been telling you this whole time. But mm-hmm. you know what? I see that for him of like, this is him saying fine, you know, um, and uh, it is what it is. He he's it done is it. What it is. You know. Um, and so then we're like we're back at school. Uh, it's cafeteria lunchtime. Uh, busy, busy, busy. Uh, but Michael, Michael is listless. Conflicted. Michael, he's conflicted. Um, we hear he's 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 lovesick because his love does not love him in return, um, or not the true him. Uh, so we hear the song charades. Um, and okay. I cannot take this seriously. No, no, this is a bad song. <laughs> and it's, it's just not good. And uh, he has, the actor has such like a great career yeah. with like other musical stage acting, things like that. I don't know if this song was just not in his register, but I was like, there's a reason it sounds really distorted and the, the yeah. background music is the loudest it's ever been the entire yes. movie. And, it just and he's made only me re- singing on screen for like 30 seconds of the entire song. It really made me miss Olivia Newton-John as yeah. Sandy. Because mm-hmm. like the her, it made me think, it's like, okay, what it's if no instead of Michael here, it was sure. Sandy and this was like a lesbian love story? Oh my god. Oh How my great gosh. of a movie would that be? That would be amazing. So instead we'll have like hopelessly devoted to you here. Like maybe it was a Sandra D like tries to like become a T-bird. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That's fun. So, um, then we This get song to is the... too long. Oh, it's far too long. So long. I feel like about this and, like, a couple other songs, I was like, I feel like this, we've been going for, like, six minutes. And... and it should be a 45-second song. And at this point, it's weird because it's like, again, this song is coming after the first point in the movie. We've had any indication that she could like him as a person. And it's like, why are we still doing this lovesick thing? Why are we still, can we, can we pivot? Can we, one, focus or think about anything else? Like, it's just, I, I, I concur it is too long. It's too much. It's just too everything. Whatever. Except so it, it finally ends. And then yes. we get to 
they're getting ready for the town show. Yes. Yeah, the the pink ladies are driving together. And something I really appreciate about Rhonda, uh, even, you know, in like movies and TV shows when the person driving it, uh, like people are, they're being talked to. So they're like turning, they're being part of the conversation. Yeah. Rhonda keeps her eyes on the road the entire time. She keeps her eyes on the road. The entire time. And I notice and I appreciate it. Good job, Rhonda. Why do you like Goose? Good for, uh, (laughs) facts. Um, so we see that Michael shows up as like the writer, um, or, or, so they, yeah, so they get to the school show, um, yeah, Michael shows up as the writer, uh, the T-Birds kind of like go after, like run after him, mm-hmm. they go chase him off, because, because Johnny said he's done with it, you know what, he's, he's over it. it, he's done, so mm-hmm. now I'm going to chase your new boyfriend, because yeah. I'm done, because I'm over because it. I'm done, because I'm so over it, because I'm so emotionally moved on and, and, you know, yeah. resolved of this issue, um. And so then we see they're all, you know, chasing after everyone. Um, real quick, Sharon has a quick line um, where I forget exactly what she says, but at some point in the line, she mentions that she's wearing her mother's underwear. And I just I have several questions. I have... What are the several questions? How many questions <laughs> do you have to make it several? Ask them on the podcast aloud. You say several, so I want to hear several. Okay. Go for it. One. Just purely why? Why are you okay. wearing your mother's yeah. underwear? I think I think uh-huh. that's a good basic understand, like good basic question. Is it like I wanted to wear this type of adult underwear? You know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. only my mother has it. Like maybe she got something new. Um, okay. Like, is it okay. used? Because I think that also yeah. changes the conversation significantly. Okay. I count that as three questions. Mm, yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, does she know? Like, was this with her permission? Did you steal it? I'm very... Uh, okay. I don't know which one's better, to be completely honest. I... Um, I just uh, know that the that, situation that makes me uncomfortable. Because that's only one person wrong instead of two. You know what? That's fair. You know yeah. what? I'll stand... I, I like that. I like that line. Something, something else I... Another question I would like to posit. Mm-hmm. Why are you telling your friends this? Why are you admitting this? Yes. Yes. Why Why is this something you're like, this is a fun fact about myself that I must <laughs> this, share. This is something fun, fucking fresh. To my fresh. gals. <laughs> Yeah, um, so Completely they, get to, they get to the end of this construction area, and there's, like, a big drop-off, um, and uh, I think Goose mentions, like, oh, it's got to be at least 100 feet to the other side, so they're all freaking out because they're like, oh, he should have slown up, like, where is he going? Like, we don't see him in the ditch, like, blah, 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 they all assume he's dead. Um, yeah, at this I, point, I was like, damn. Yeah, right? Like, and they're like, in, let's get out of here because we fully murdered Murder someone. someone. Uh, yeah, so they so then, well they get back to the talent show and the first mm-hmm. act is going on if your sweetheart's playing while Johnny is like being a dick and Paulette's yeah. like you know what fuck you fuck, fuck off him he up. is fully like she's wearing she's in her outfit she's looking gorgeous waist snatched uh she's all geared up to be summer and he's just like you can't wear that blah 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 it's like first of all you have no right to tell me what I can and cannot wear second of all I look great Third of all, I'm not even done getting ready yet, so move out of my way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so to take his frustrations out, they, like, you know, tie up the, the prep tones and, like, mm-hmm. steal their clothes. Which is, like, though... cool, let's harass and assault and attack other innocent people because we're upset and don't have... But at, at this point, did you not feel... Did you not feel, ugh, finally? I mean, <laughs> Be- true, because it yeah, was just like, why haven't was, you done this yet? Yeah, I was like, right? I was like, <laughs> like, this was yeah. the obvious move from the get-go. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but again, I think they had to wait because if they had done it earlier, then they could have tattled on them and then they would have gotten in trouble and been banned from the talent show. But doing it the night of the talent show does truly ensure that they won't go on and therefore it, they have a greater chance of winning. It just felt like they didn't think to like sabotage till this Yeah, point. this was purely a revenge move because he was mad about Paulette. And also, maybe he was just upset that he murdered someone. But so. a, well, a well-targeted revenge move. So then we oh, get true. to Prowlin, and it's the best they've ever sounded. They sound Correct. really good. I'm, I'm, I am proud of them. I like the, I like the piece. Um, but then... We get to... Sharon's production. Her vision come seasons. to life. Almost. And it is a full-on production. Girl for I all love seasons. It. it gave me, it honestly gave me, um, in, in, in the most positive way possible... Uh, the producers, um, springtime for Hitler. Yes. Like just just that production level quality, you know, like um, and that pageant level, uh, that pageant sort of style, which um, is so impressive for. It was a high very entertaining. Yeah, it was it was very good. Um, and then we get we get to winter, and Stephanie, who's meant to be December and like Christmas, she's in this really really cute like flapper style, all white sparkly dress with like garlands it, on it, it to be. Yeah, it's kind of like those tinsel trees. Yes, exactly. Um, but she has fully dissociated. She isn't singing. She isn't moving. Uh, yeah, her boyfriend isn't got murdered, and yeah. she's the only one like responding to it like reasonably. Like a normal person, uh, she is grieving. She is. Uh, not in tune with reality right now, um, and we and the the song that they're singing, "Girl for All Seasons," fades out, um, and we get into a sort of side fantasy mind palace song, which um, she is singing fully to the audience. To the audience, yes. Lo- um, parentheses, love, love will, love in parentheses, turn back the hands of time. From this song, I did think Michael died. I'm gonna be honest. Yes. I did not. I never thought he was dead. I, I, I was like, this is like because it was so long. I was like, this is a lot for someone mm-hmm. who's alive. That's fair. Uh, which also, I have a note about that. Um, but I guess for me, like, I was just like from the get go, I was like, there's no way he is dead. You know, just like narrative. But like, like what if he story. was? Uh, if, if he was, honestly, I think that would have been a brave film choice. Uh, yeah. because it would have been so unexpected for him to yeah, actually that would have been like, legitimately insane. he was dead like that would have been cr- crazy I didn't like this song uh, the song I, thought, I just thought it was line, just so lame the line the only thing that matters is our love and only you can keep it alive uh, gag and not in the good way um, did not enjoy 0 out of 10 would I recommend uh, hated it <laughs> I also really liked how Bad like man. it like it ended with like the music's gone and stuff. It's like turn back, whoa, and just like <laughs> awkwardly. That was fun. I yeah, I I, d- I did like I will say I did like the the scenery of the music video style. Like um, it was kind of reminiscent of the beauty school dropout where there's like all the fog and they're yeah. in this like angelic silvery white costuming, um, and it's very like fairy like fantasy land you know all that stuff so i liked the visuals of it but yeah there's it was weird um and then we get to the oh go ahead i was going to say and at this point i really just don't understand this talent show Mm -mm. so it's not that a single act one oh that's exactly what i was going to say yeah Yeah. i was like so instead it's just okay which 
male student performed the yeah. best. And which female which student performed. female student performed the best. And it's there like will a be our talent show queen. queen and king. Yeah, just yeah, like, it's so weird. Yeah, so Johnny like, and Stephanie win and I was like, but how does that make any sense? Because she like, did the best in her group and he did the best in but, his group. But here's the which thing. I don't even agree he did the best in like his group. <laughs> I don't agree them. she did the best in her group. She was a Yeah, do you know who did the best? <laughs> Sharon. Not Sharon. Oh, you talking about uh, Trixie? I'm talking about Trixie. Trixie did the best. Okay, she was the Easter buddy. The most wild thing. dancers were all spring. It was great. I, I personally, I personally am a Sharon Rhonda. stan. She had the Halloween stuff. Oh, you're right. I personally am a Sharon stan. I think she deserves it for all the hard work she put into the production. Yes. I understand Trixie. I'm not mad at Trixie. But, like, there's no way in hell it could be Stephanie. She didn't even sing the song. Like, she But no, no, but the, the audience doesn't know that. The judges don't know that. <sighs> I was just like, this one, the scoring system doesn't even make sense. Like the It doesn't, well, it doesn't make sense because it's not a talent show. It's just like prom. It's just like, why, why, why doesn't a complete group win? Why wouldn't all the T-Birds or all of the girlfriend, like it just, it, yeah, I have no clue. How this is, how this is and they were like, yep, that's how this works. This is this, this is, is normal, normal talent show rules. And I was like, that doesn't make any this sense. It guys. really bothered me. At um, that, do we want to take a break before we go Let's take into... a quick break. And yeah. I need a break after that. All right. Cheers. Cheers. And we're back. So I should have mentioned this in the, before we took the break, but there was a deleted scene um, at the end of the talent show when... Stephanie was walking off stage. There was a scene where Michael showed up, um, re- like revealing the fact that he wasn't dead, but like she doesn't know that he's a cool writer, so she like runs past him, like crying or whatever. Um, so that was like a little, a little that aside. would have been needed, yes. So that was a deleted scene that was originally there, so the audience would know, okay, he's not actually dead. Um, and then she finds out sort of later in this, in this next scene. Um, but yeah, so there was supposed to be a little bit dramatic irony there of like, hey, he's not actually dead, but she doesn't know yet that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right, that makes more yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, now, but holy this, cultural appropriation, Batman. <laughs> this is not like because in Greece, like the the fair, the carnival, yep. so much better. So much better. It was just a fair. It was just and a carnival. With this, like you know, the teachers here, the principals here. Oh, also, we forgot to mention. I uh, actually don't know if I mentioned earlier, but Coach Calhoun is back in this as well. And so yes. you see him periodically in scenes, you know, Coach in a way, played by Sid coach Caesar, um, which we've talked about some of his like other credits in Grease 1. But yeah. something I want to remind listeners, that he is a saxophonist and composer. He was in like this music group called The Haircuts, and he was known as this super hip jazz musician, Cool Seas. Ooh, Which Sid that. Caesar, Cool C's, that's a fun nickname. That's fun. I love yeah. that. Um, why is it that every Grease this movie song is apparently must include a group stroke? Also, because it's sounds, formulaic. So it sounds like uh, another thing. Um, but yeah, like this this scene. Both times I watched that, I was just like staring in awe and horror just that like what is happening what are you doing why are you doing this who told you to do this was this your idea that makes it worse like (laughs) and the the music of it it's basically the song rock and robin tweet tweet rock and robin yes but uh with poorly adapted 
costuming based off of a misinterpretation of Polynesian uh, yeah. ceremonial wear. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So then we get to the, the king and queen now goes to the pool of enchantment. I was like, at this point, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> I yeah. thought it was like, this is very like midsummer. You know, and I was like, point, are they point, going to be set like, ablaze? At this point, I was just like, you know what? Rydell High has come up with some new traditions in the past two years, and I'm here for it. <laughs> and then Mr. Spears is back and just walks into the pool, heavily yep. medicated. Yep. Should not be, should not be. <laughs> he here. should not be anywhere. Um, and then the bikers, like the, the enemy sort of rival biker gang, um, they barge in and just start wreaking With havoc. the weirdest sound effect I've ever heard. That sounds <laughs> nothing like a motorcycle, any kind of motorized vehicle. No. Something that seemed, it would be weird for Bugs Bunny to make. I was like, what is that? <laughs> what is that sound? What's that sound? Um... So then we see Michael uh, shows up. He stands up against them and sort of runs His sleeves have burned off in the fiery crash of his. Yes, yes. Um, and then he sort of challenges them to a, like, stunt jump across the pool. Um, I don't even know what he was challenging him to. It was just like, hey, try to catch me now. Yeah, it was, like, it was like he showed up and, like, ran them out of the area. And then the crowd followed them out and then started running back. And then he reappeared jumped across like jumped his motorcycle across the pool and then three other of the rival bikers followed him and they all fell in the pool and it was yeah. like a it felt like a triumphant moment of like ooh he showed them you know yeah and they gave up then and they gave up then um and so then he revealed but himself I will also say he should yeah, yeah he like reveals himself as like tis I British boy and they're like hey you're one of us now and yeah. Johnny like gives him like a jacket i'm like michael you're better than them you're smarter than them also you have worse hair now that you're accepted by them <laughs> you can ride a motorcycle better you're way cooler you're with steph yeah. why why stop you're not you shouldn't be like yay i'm one of them at all Yeah, and then and see, this was like, <laughs> I was like, you're not going to disagree with me, right? But now I know. And this was my issue at the beginning when I first watched it. I was just like, why? Why are you going through all of this trouble to be a T bird? You know. Um, also, I think it's interesting that his style as cool writer um, was always like decidedly sort of Elvis Presley ish. You know. Mm -hmm. um, which, fun fact, is another artist that was also heavily influenced by Motown. Uh, cheers. Um, you just wanted to drink again. Yep. Um, we'll be together. So they kiss. Uh, uh, he goes to Michael. And then yeah. she's just like, because he was like, even though I'm just this nerdy guy, and she was like, it's like I got two for the price of one. And I'm like, but, you're so cool. But this is the thing that bothers. This is the thing that bothered me the first time I watched Cert the movie. I'm certaintist. So, and I, and I, I, I now I still I still again this is why I have mixed feelings about the movie because in Greece one, yes Sandra D like did her little transformation and kind of like became the like the badass girl that Danny Zuko would want right, but Danny Zuko also did the transformation and became the like stand-up guy athlete you know contributing 
this, you know, default kind of, you know, Prince Charming sort of look um, that a Sandra D would want. Like, they were both changing for each other because both of them were bought in to the relationship and to wanting each other and to discounting their environment stereotypes and traditions and outlook on their relationship to be able to be together. But in this version, like, it feels weird to me that even after Stephanie loves, like, likes him as cool writer and likes him as Michael and realizes that Michael and cool writer are the same person, that it's still even a necessary plot point that he become a T-bird. Because to me, it's like, surely the message of the of the story I know there's like, you know, uses of should, but should the message of the story should be that people ought to be able to date whoever they want and that Johnny doesn't get a say and the rest of her friends don't get a say in who she ends up with because that's her decision and that's their decision. And if she likes this guy, she has the right to be with him. And it's like, it feels weird to me that it's still... To me, to me, the, the the story would have more impact if it was just like, now she's just with this guy and he doesn't have to be a T-bird. Like, he could be friends with him, sure, but he doesn't have to be a T-bird. I saw it more because it, like, when her saying I have two for the price of one, I thought it was definitely, like, accepting herself. She was like, I can be with whatever I want. I'm not going to build this image in my head. I'm just going to, like, see, like, be with someone, like, who I want to be with. Yeah. And it was just unfortunate that Johnny and everyone else talked before her. <laughs> Fair. You know, because it was just like, oh, he's alive. It was me all along. I think she'd still was like, who cares? You're alive. We're together. Yeah. I got two for the price of one. And Johnny's like, nope, this is about me. Here's your leather jacket. <laughs> now you can be my underling, right? So we're all cooler now because you're with yeah. us, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I say, I said my piece with this, but Fair. it's going to remind you I'm now okay with this. So Fair. this is the last time I'm talking about it. As And then I just thought Steph was just, you know, letting them do their thing. But she doesn't care That's what they totally think. That's totally fair. And I, I guess for the sake of Johnny's character arc, I, I, I guess I like that moment from the sense of he had that little sort of micro moment with Paulette where he was like kind of going into a rage, like kind of having a little temper tantrum again about the idea of Stephanie and Michael being together. And then he looks over at Paulette and like, again for for the third or fourth time at this movie realizes that his words have impact on other people um and that he's hurting her um and being an asshole because he's supposed to be in a relationship with her or at least involved with her um and we see that he finally has a moment of like okay this relationship is over you know i need to be able to move on from that i need to be able to accept that she can have other relationships and other interests and stuff um, and I need to respect my status with Paulette. Um, so I, I did. I guess I did appreciate that we had that moment for him. But otherwise, I was just like, th- mm, there's no reason Michael actually needs it. to be a T bird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then uh, we get to the song "We'll Be Together," which was between... so it just felt anticlimactic. I disagree. Really. I disagree because this moment too felt. Long. It felt exactly like, so like the, the whole format of like musicals, we've talked about this before, the whole format of musicals, you talk until the emotion is too much and then you sing, you know, and then until the emotion is too much and then you dance. I felt like this song was perfect placement because 
the scene that Stephanie and Michael were having when they kissed and then she like pulled away and then was going to say something it felt like a moment that it would have been their first time saying I love you to each other uh, which and movie. that being filled with this song um, felt right it felt appropriate it felt like the right timing for that and I didn't mind that we ended on that because Greece one didn't not end on that there was just also more emphasis on the other existing relationships too but this one i think this movie in general was far more focused on stephanie and michael so i personally didn't mind that it ended like that what i had a problem with this ending so then they graduate and stuff but like frenchie is just gone yes that's that sucks she yeah she she deserved better than that but Um, the 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 dancing and then the credits at the end how it's like yearbook style that yeah. was great big yes. fan of that and apparently there was another well, back to scene school again where place. originally michael and stephanie like were going to fly off into the sky on a motorcycle kind of like in greece one um and that ended up being a deleted scene and they ended up not doing that i'm glad they didn't yeah i feel like it would have felt not the same or like like a cheesy copy you know mm-hmm. yeah okay and then that's greece too that is Grease 2. So, uh, real quick, we're going to do our little composer corner before we move on to our playing. So, quite a few people um, that I'm going to be mentioning here, but starting off, our musical producer for Grease 2 was Louis St. Louis, who is a songwriter, singer, a musical arranger, conductor, composer, and music producer. Um, he actually wrote the song Sandy for John Travolta uh, for the first Grease. And he wrote several of the songs for this. So, there or for this Greece, um, there was an entire team of songwriters and people that contributed to the songs being written. So I'm just going to go down the list. So uh, all of the songs were written by uh, a combination of Louis Saint Louis, Howard Greenfield, Dennis Lind, uh, uh, Frank Musker, Rob Hagel, Michael Gibson, Bob Morrison johnny mcgray and then two people that i think have very fun last names dominic bugatti and christopher famous and i was like that's a that's a fun last name to have christopher didn't have a choice (laughs) um and so then the back to school again uh the, the very first song that opened up the movie um, was performed by the Four Tops. Uh, so I mentioned them earlier. They're an American vocal quartet from Detroit um, that really helped to define the city's Motown, Cheers, uh, sound of the 1960s. So they performed a wide variety of different styles of music. Their repertoire included like soul music, R&B, disco, adult contemporary, doo-wop, jazz, and show tunes. Um, so they were originally founded as the Four Ames, um, with lead singer Levi Stubbs, who was known for his baritone, which kind of made the group stand out at the time. Um, then other singers, Abdul Duke Fakir, Ronaldo Obi Benson, and Lawrence Payton. Um, so I think they were, like, they were a really influential group. Uh, if you know the song Sugar Pie Honey Bunch, like, I Can't Help Myself, um, that song like that that was their song really iconic um if you you know if you don't if you're not familiar with it definitely look it up it's a great song um but yeah i just thought like it was really cool i really like the music 
um, in this version. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think having the influence of that sort of Motown style, that rock style, um, I think that's a big part of why I liked Grease 2 holistically more than Grease 1, uh, which is not to say that I didn't like Grease 1, but I think I generally prefer the musical stylings of this era um, and this particular uh, genre and, and uh, period of music just slightly more than the uh, more rockabilly style of yep. Grease 1. Um, there's only a few years separating uh, Grease 1 and Grease 2, so like it was still a very... Uh, still very similar styles of music, but I think there is definitely a distinct shift in the musical styles between Grease 1 and Grease 2. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, final last little talking point. Um, Campbell, I have a little discussion question uh, for us to look at. So, something that I thought was at least noteworthy as I was going through this, uh, like I said, I had very mixed feelings about this movie um the first time i watched it i was like this is basically just a retelling of grease one like it's basically just a reverse of grease one you know you have the guy who's the um who's coming in from a different country um and instead of sandra d having to like try to fit in it's him trying to fit in and blah 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 um but then the second time i watched it i felt really captivated by the differences in the characters that we were seeing, the natures of the relationships that that the movie was exploring. Um, and even though the framework was very similar to Grease 1, um, I overall felt that it still managed to tell an interesting story, an interesting mm -hmm. and captivating story that was different from Grease 1. And in doing some research on this, Grease 2 received pretty negative or pretty low like reviews from critics and, and audiences alike um i believe on on at least one it might have been rotten tomatoes or metacritic it only had like a 35 percent um and it didn't perform nearly as well as grease one so it had double the budget um grease one had a budget of about five million grease two had a budget of about 11 million um but grease two only netted about 15 million in the box office whereas grease one netted like 130 million and they have a Grease 3 in the works that is following... They've been saying that for so long, though. There, there's been talks. Okay, we'll say that. There has been talks of a Grease 3, at least as of April of 2019, which, yes, is a few years ago, um, of a Grease 3 Summer Lovin', which tells the story of how Danny and Sandy met. So I say all of that to say, Campbell, in your mind... Um, either what is the role of a sequel or what makes a good sequel? Um, is it, should it, is it continuing the story of the first one? Is it what Grease 3 is supposed to do and what audiences expected of Grease 2? Or is it, or can it be simply reimagining the story um, and, and telling a new, fresh story, maybe through a similar lens or in a similar environment. Um, and what, what are your thoughts on that? I think, I think I prefer my sequels to be the former because mm. I think what makes, like, a lot of the sequels that I like, what makes them really good, that they do, they're able to use another movie or show or series, whatever, to 
fully flesh out characters that they didn't have the time or the space to do in the first one mm-hmm. or if there's an overarching plot that is separated by like different movies yeah. uh, for the first one for example say like Shrek 2 in Shrek 1 you really don't know much about Fiona like she she's not like other girls but that's yeah. pretty much it but going into that backstory with like her family where she comes from the initial the reasons why she was in the tower and then the continuation of shrek's shrek trying to be shrek in these different environments and allowing himself just to be i thought was done really really well in shrek 2 mm-hmm. and then you have other movies like the different say like the original star wars movie there's like an overarching yeah. plot that you're just like oh it just takes some time to get there mm-hmm. But with this, it didn't feel like a sequel sequel to me. It yeah. felt like just like a... It felt like a sequel. Like, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit is a sequel. Mm-hmm. Like, there are, like... Maybe, like you were saying, like, that same kind of lens talking about a different story that's happening now. And they're just saying it's number two. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. I, I, I don't really prefer that kind of stuff as, like, a sequel. Mm, I just think it's a different movie. With a similar title. See, I I generally agree because I personally am a huge fan of sequels that are prequels. I love getting additional. Oh yeah, that's just fun. I yes, I love understanding how our characters, how our heroes got to that point in the first place, and that's why I was really excited when I heard the news of a potential Grease three, and specifically seeing the story of how Danny and Sandy met and fell in love prior to Grease, and I agree that. Uh, but at the same time, I really appreciated, especially my second watching of this movie, I really appreciated being able to see a similar framework um, of, of environment and character backdrops and yet see a wholly different story being played out. Because I think as a story, I think if Grease 1 had been Grease 2, like if we had never gotten Grease 1 at all and we just got Grease 2... I think I like Grease 2 as a story, as a romantic musical comedy, better than Grease 1. Um, And I wonder, like, I know with TV shows, like, spinoffs are very much a thing. And I think in some cases, movie spinoffs are a thing. Um, And I think this movie feels much more like a spinoff of Grease 1 than it does a, a proper sequel. And I think yeah. that has its place, but I definitely think it's not what audiences anticipate when they hear yeah. sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 100%. Yeah. Overall. I think I think more Grease is a better title for this movie than Grease 2. Honestly, yes. Yeah. yeah that's it's fitting. more appropriate. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was originally supposed to be. It's more appropriate. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So tell us, Campbell, what are we, what are we playing? What are we mangling today? Well, Raven's going to be on the guitar, myself, the ukulele, and we are going to try to stomach through <laughs> a really good song. You know why? Why? Because we're going to score tonight, Raven. Be right back. Ooh, okay. Okay, one, two, one, two, three. I played very few of that right, but I think that's fine. 
<laughs> I mean, look, I just kept playing because they have a lot of chords that are the same. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of B sharps and C's and E sharps and F's, and I don't have the heart to tell them that those are the same chord. So. Okay, let's just start the, the chorus. Let's start the chorus. Let's do it, baby. Okay, one, two, one, two, three, four. And that's hey, how you do that. I say after playing the worst it. thing I've ever played. Montel Jordan. Uh, you see that TikTok? There was like it's to the to, to the tune of that, and it's this bitch thinks I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I have not, but I love that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's Grease too. Um, how would you rate that on a scale of one to ten, Raven? I have no fucking idea, Campbell. Um, yeah, with these two completely differing viewings from the heart, <laughs> it seems. Um, I think I would put it at... Uh, but I put so many things. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. How would you put this? In your heart of hearts. I want to say a 7.5 uh-huh. out of 10. Um, I do love it. Um, there are several notes that I have for it. Um, As a film, as a musical, as a production in general. Um, But ultimately, like, it's very entertaining for me. I think the stories that it tells are intriguing. I think the characters are good. I think the acting is good. I think the music sounds good. Um, There's stuff I could improve on, but ultimately I don't think it's bad. I I just had a good time. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And, like, obviously, I was very critical about a lot of parts, and I loved, loved a lot of parts as well. So, with all that, you know what? I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I don't care. I love that for you. That's how I'm feeling. Yeah. But we have now come to the end. Theme. Theme. Campbell? Yeah? Where can you find us? You can find us wherever podcasts are found. So, mm. that'd be it. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Pandora, iHeartRadio, YouTube, honestly, yeah. any anywhere that you're anywhere. Like able to find podcasts, that's where we are. And right. if you find us and you like us, which we hope mm-hmm. you do, please, on most of these platforms now, there have been updates and stuff, but please like, like, rate, and subscribe. I believe now Spotify and the Apple products, you can write, rate us in the app how many stars. Mm-hmm. And if you rate us high, those five stars... That really helps us, you know, reach out to other people who may like us as well and able to spread our message and what we're trying to do and raise money for music education. And, you know, more people can, like, hear our wonderful thoughts that yeah. people definitely ask for. Yeah. Also, also, we want to know, what do you think? What is What makes a good sequel? Do you prefer a sequel that is a continuation of the story. Do you do you like sequels? Are you okay with sequels that are reimaginations of the story? Let us know your thoughts. Um, do you hate our take on Grease Two? Uh, <laughs> but if let you us do, know. let us know. You can do so by emailing us at Bruisicles. Uh, Campbell's mom, Miss McCauley, let us know your thoughts. <laughs> oh, she has already let me know her thoughts about. It. She loves Grease so much. And, of course. Yeah, and. You can also follow us on Instagram at Boozicals yep. because that's where we have like all of our resources, all the nonprofit resources. We share a bunch of their stuff, but also all of our descriptions, our cocktail recipes, mm-hmm. our different links to say like our power hour we did at the end of season one. You can find yep. all of that on our Instagram as well and within our episode descriptions. 
So, yeah. I think this is a fun one, Raven. I had a good time. This is a really fun one. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this more than I thought I would. Like, the yeah. movie. Uh, when, I, when I watched the movie, I thought... Raven's either gonna hate it or love it. There's no in between, and I think that's how most people feel about Grease too. And I both hated it and loved it at different times. And ain't that just a bitch? Yep. Bye bye. Bye.